everybody. Welcome to Pro Tour Talk with Steve Dodge. Happy Valentine's Day. Later on in the show, hopefully we'll be joined by Terry Miller. So I've got some quick topics to hit on. And then uh, at the end of the show, we'll go through if there's any listener questions, we'll run through those as well. The whole idea of this is to give you guys a, a quick recap as to what's been happening over the past few, in this case, months and what we're looking to do over the next few months as the Pro Tour season begins. So as we all know, the Pro Tour season begins February 28th, runs through March 3rd, the Memorial Championship presented by Discraft. Live broadcast starts at 5 o'clock Eastern time every day. One of the great things we've done this year, and we'll get to this uh, when we talk about the live broadcast and edited video and what we've how we've made it better. One of the things we've done is we've made all of the broadcasts start in each tournament at the same time. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the Memorial Bro uh, Championship broadcast will start at 5 p.m. Eastern every day. So set your calendars. Now, uh, one of the interesting things that's happened over the past couple of weeks is we've had uh, baskets get approved for the 2018 season. We also changed the process for approving baskets. Uh, we got some we got some feedback from the players, and basically, one one thing that was happening was players. If if you're sponsored by Company X and Company X puts up a basket to be approved, it's hard to say no to that. Conversely, if company if you're sponsored by Company X and Company Y puts up a basket it might be easier to say, eh, that basket's not good enough. So we've taken the onus off the players and in instead uh, taken the onus onto ourselves for approving the baskets for Pro Tour play. And then if a basket doesn't do well, we'll review it and potentially revise as we go forward. Having said all that, that was uh, an article we put out uh, a week or two ago. And then uh, sometime earlier this week, we actually approved our first two baskets for 2018. We have a third basket that has been submitted for approval, and we've given it back to the manufacturer and asked them to make a couple of little tweaks. Without any further adieu, uh, the MVP Black Hole Portal and the Discraft Chainstar Pro are our two currently uh, new, newly approved baskets for 2018 and they join the other four baskets that are currently approved. Let's see if I can get these right. Uh, the, Discra the DGA Mach X, the Prodigy uh, Pro T1, the Innova Discatcher 28, and the Dynamic Discs Veteran. So now we have six baskets that are approved for Pro Tour Play. Uh, welcome aboard uh, Discraft and MVP. You guys make some quality baskets, and uh, we look forward to seeing lots of putts get caught up in those chains. Moving on uh, to a second topic, and again, I'll, if there are any questions, I'll get to all of those at the end of the at the end of the show. Um, but please submit your questions in the chat, and then we'll just run right through them. So, uh, number two, uh, topic number two, Circle Zero. Uh, you might remember back in 2016. Uh, I think we did it best at the uh, Majestic, run by Kale Laviska. Um, we tried to put together a Circle Zero warm up show which would be 10 to 15 minutes before the, before the first tee time. Uh, and we would do things like uh, feature, feature player interviews. We'd do um, uh, hotspots. 
We would talk about uh, fantasy disc golf. We would talk about um, oh, a variety of things that are listed here on this in this beautiful uh, document that we have up online. If you go to the news section in our website, dgpt.com, and just click news, you'll get all of this information, and you won't have to watch me. Or you could just watch me and not read any of that. So anyway, but the Circle Zero Show, uh, very happy to welcome aboard Dixon Jowers uh, from On The Box podcast. And he's going to be basically helping. He and I will be producing that show. And then uh, the idea is to have these two to three minute segments uh, featuring really cool stuff and tell people about, oh, another one is going to be Pivotal Holes. We'll talk about one hole and we'll go in depth on what the players are going to be trying to do on that hole. So uh, with that, that's that's topic number two. So the Circle Zero Show is coming back, and we're welcoming aboard Dixon Jowers on, uh, as part of our media team. Um, and with that, it's a good segue to the media side of the Pro Tour. So we have an article called 2018 Video Coverage, More Better. Um, it's more better on the live side, and it's more better on the uh, edited side. On the live side, we're going to have uh, improved, I'll say professionally edited coverage of the women spliced into the live feed. Uh, additionally, we will have uh, a better integration of the UDISC stats. And, uh, and I'll go ahead and say that at one point during the season, we are going to try um, off-site commentary from a booth. So we are... Uh, putting all the last touches in place to try to make that happen at very least at one event this season. If it works well, we might try to incorporate it again. And, uh, and then during the off season, we'll do some tweaking and that might be the way we go in the future. So onward and upward with the live broadcast on the edited side, uh, more better is super is absolutely fitting. Um, I'm sure Joe Mez uh, Pro and Central Coast Disc Golf are both stepping up their games. Additionally, we're bringing on board the Disc Golf guy, uh, Terry Miller, to do the edited FPO coverage. And um, so the women's coverage, in addition to being spliced into the live feed, will additionally get its own polish and be published on the Pro Tour channel and potentially the Pro uh, Disc Golf guy channel on YouTube as standalone uh, pieces that get published. So the women will have the FPO one lead, the, the lead women's card will have their own, uh, round coverage put up on YouTube, uh, probably the following in the following week, not necessarily next day. Uh, MPO one and MPO two will also have next day or MPO two might not always be next day, but uh, they'll have uh, edited round coverage updated on YouTube, uh, usually by Joe Mez, additionally by Central Coast, Dis- uh, Central Coast Disc Golf, sometimes by Disc Golf Guy, and sometimes by the Disc Golf Pro Tour. Uh, MPO2 is a, is a hodgepodge. We're trying to figure out the best ways to make that work. But basically, every single round will have at least three cards covered via edited coverage on YouTube. Uh, we'll link to all the various channels, and we'll include all of that stuff in our playlists. Um, and on day one of every round, we'll actually have four feature cards because we'll have the live card, we'll have Joe Mez's card, we'll have Central Coast card, and we'll have the women. So more better, more coverage of more disc golfers than we've ever had before. 
it's uh, it's really really fun watching watching this stuff evolve as we uh, as we continue to improve. So all comments are always welcome. And uh, that there's actually a good segue there from the live coverage, which is going to have better integration with UDisk. And UDisk is actually getting uh, getting a, an upgrade. And uh, working with uh, UDisk will be working with the PDGA. So all of the PDGA events, just like all the Pro Tour events, will have uh, complete stats for. Well, I don't know about the National Tour and Pro and and Mate and Pro Worlds and USDGC, uh, but at the very least, we'll have complete stats for the top players at the pro tour event. We're going to have complete stats for every player as we're mandating uh, that people utilize the UDisc live scoring app to keep score in addition to the paper scorecard. So after people complete their hole, they will go to the next T and they will enter their scores on the paper scorecard. And then they'll also enter their scores in the UDisc live scoring app. Uh, we've actually put out a, a nice video that talks about how this is going to happen. So go to our YouTube page, which you're on right now. And uh, just, I think it's the video right below this one, as a matter of fact. So Matt Kruger and I from Matt Kruger from UDisc and I discuss how exactly all that's going to happen. So get ready for more stats than you've ever seen before. And along those lines with working with the PDGA, uh, another really exciting thing coming up for the 2018 season is working with the women. Um, on the uh, the PDGA has given us a women's grant to improve the women's broadcast. Uh, in addition to that, we're going to make a bunch of little changes on the course and off the course that will hopefully improve the experience for the professional women. Uh, one of which is uh, a women's tent. So we will have a women's tent, uh, just a 10 by 20 tent with mesh sides, with a doorway so so people can, so the women can get in. And it'll have some nice creature comforts that will make the experience of playing a professional disc golf event. Uh, whoops, look at that. Can't talk right now, what's up? We'll put that on uh, a little bit lower volume. Uh, so where was I? So the 10 by 20 tent. So I have a bunch of creature comforts for the women um, to make, let them know that we're, we appreciate that they're there. And when the round is finished, if they want to hang out with everybody, they can, if they want to get a little bit of a, a little secluded and get in that, get in their zone, their creature comfort zone, they can feel free to do that as well. Um, additionally, we're going to have porta potties at least in two locations on the course. Um, that's uh, that, that was one big request that the women made. Uh, we're also going to utilize the pro tour scoreboard, the, the big 16 by eight scoreboard is going to have the, the uh, women's lead card on it now. And that's, that's going to be fantastic. So the fans of the women, women always go off early on the, at the pro tour events. So they'll be able to watch that scoreboard populate throughout the first half of the day. And then uh, 30 minutes before the men go off, we'll depopulate it, unpopulate, take down the scores and put up, set up the men's scores. So, that's another really exciting thing. Also, we have those little uh, the little leaderboards, and uh, and a bunch of other uh, improvements. Uh, another big one is uh, less lowered entry fees for the women. One thing that that's going to do, hopefully, it would increase the number of women playing because the barrier to entry is literally less. 
But additionally, um, the added cash for the women will, will be incrementally higher because percentage-wise, because they're per person, they're putting in less money. So uh, we will be adding, the, we're distributing the added cash based on the number of people in each division. So the women are actually putting in less cash to get a higher percentage of the added cash. So lower entry fees, hopefully we'll get more women playing. And uh, once we hit consistently 20 to 30 women in the pro side of the game, uh, that is going to be sustainable and we'll be able to increase the number of professional disc golfers on the women's side that are actually going to try to make a living playing disc golf, which is absolutely the goal. So the last topic that I have before I talk about our uh, partner of the day is I'd like to welcome aboard uh, Patrick Graziani from, uh, from Pittsburgh. He will be our festival coordinator and uh, he'll be helping us uh, set, up, set up the course, set up the festival, execute the festival, uh, run the festival vending, and, uh, and then at, when the tournament's over, helping us break it all down. So uh, if you come to any Pro Tour events, please stop by the festival. Welcome Patrick aboard. Uh, he's going to be a great addition. He will also, in between stops, he will be running promotional events. Uh, these will be events where uh, you should get a disc, a mini, a, and a little card game, and then uh, and then have an opportunity to win some prizes. Basically, we want the players pack to be uh, the value of the entry fee, 20, 25 bucks, and then, uh, and then everything else is a bonus. And the cool thing that, uh, and this was all Patrick's idea, um, the more people that attend, the bigger the prize that we donate to the club for helping to put the events on. So after we leave, we might leave you with a Zuka cart and a basket, and then the club can raffle those off and raise some money for the club. So in addition to having fun promoting the Pro Tour, we're going to leave each club with a, a little parting gift that they can use to, to help grow the sport in their region. So while we're waiting for Terry to get that email, I'm going to go ahead and, and say one more thing. Um, we do, we're, we're going to go ahead and do a, a partner of the day for each of these uh, pro tour talks. And the partner of the day today is Tempercraft. Uh, they are much more than just water bottles. Uh, they also have Origins of Golf, which is a, a beautiful trophy company um, and a bunch of other offerings. We're releasing our press release. I think we released our press release uh, about our partnership with them today. So you can, uh, you can go read that press release, but a huge shout out to them. And this year we're actually going to be, uh, we have three different sizes of Tempercraft water bottles for the Pro Tour. Um, we have uh, the smaller, I think it's a 20 ounce, which is super easy to hold and should fit in the cup holders of any car. We have the 32 ounce, which we had last year. And then we also have the 64 ounce growler. These things are gorgeous. So if you like to take uh, whatever your beverage of choice is, milk or uh, iced coffee, so we're going to go to Terry Miller in just a second, but uh, or your beverage of choice. Those growlers are a perfect way to keep 64 ounces of liquid warm or cold throughout your entire round. Hello, Terry. It's nice to see you today. How are you doing tonight, Steve? Uh, I'm doing fantastic. So I just wanted to, to invite you on board. I know when uh, when we ran when you started your uh, your Smashbox podcast. 
you were kind enough to have me on there as your first guest. And uh, I wanted to return the favor and had you on board as our first guest as well. So, well, I appreciate that. What, what in the world are you doing? Say that again. What in the world are you doing right now? What is that? <laughs> we are doing a, uh, a a podcast. Well, it's actually a YouTube thing, and it'll become a podcast tomorrow called Pro Tour Talk with Steve Dodge. And I bring on some of my favorite people in the disc golf industry. Uh, well, and then you come on today. Oh, okay. Well, I appreciate that. I think I'd like to thank uh, Proactive Disc Sports, uh, who help with the Tempercraft bottles. Is that what you were saying earlier? Well, that's really interesting. They are the partner of the day. Yeah, they are. It's proactive disc sports. So uh, great great to have them on board. Uh, I assume you are a regular reader of our news feed on the Pro Tour page? Uh, yeah, I try, I try and stay uh, abreast of everything that you have uh, in the works for sure. So I will tell you that we have one or two uh, posts going live every day from now until the start of the memorial. So... If you want to stay on top of the Pro Tour, that's the place to do it. Uh, we try to post stuff on Facebook as well. But I wanted to ask you, Terry Miller, um, you are a celebrity in disc golf, whether you know it or not. And you interview everybody under the sun and ask them all sorts of great questions about themselves and about their tournaments and all this jazz. I want to ask you, can you tell us a story, something about Terry Miller that makes that well, that might make us laugh. Something funny that happened to you in high school. Just go anywhere with it, but just tell us something really fun about Terry Miller. Um. Wow. I mean, of, of course, disc golf's pretty much consumed my life. I'm I'm 39 now. I started disc golfing when I was like 13 or 14, so uh, I'm pretty fortunate that it's been most of my life. I I I'll quickly say. When I thought about colleges here in Wisconsin, I applied to a number of them, and I lived two hours north of here originally. And when I decided where I was going to go to college, I was like, "Oh, they got a really good disc golf course right near there. I'll I'll just go there." Well, needless to say, that wasn't my smartest uh, choice of all of them. But uh, I would say one of the uh, a quick story that I'll try and give you guys. I'll give you their bridge version. Way back in two thousand two. At the World Championships, bonus points if you guys can tell me where it was. But Johnny V and I, many of you know Johnny V also from Smashbox. We've been good friends uh, since really uh, college, sophomore or freshman year of college is when we became really good friends. We knew each other from grade school. And we went out. We went out as we like to do. We like to consume and uh, take in the town, the nightlife of whatever's going on. And we're at the World Championships. And we went to a place called the Hurricane Hut. And uh, I think it was a typical like Wednesday night, might have been ladies night. I don't know what it was, but we go out to the Hurricane Hut and uh, we're there for the evening. We, we may have ran into the likes of an Anthon or a Rico or a Philo. Uh, usually when we were out more often than not, we'd see those guys. Well, when we came out at bar close, uh, we went over to our rental car, which is uh, we actually had to borrow from our buddy because we weren't 25, so we couldn't have our own rental. And uh, sure enough, it was uh, once you brush back a little bit of ivy there, we found a uh, no parking sign <laughs> and no car. And so uh, those two go hand in hand. <laughs> yeah. So us, along with literally dozens of other cars, had all been towed. 
2 o'clock, 2.15, bar time. I, I recall we somehow convinced um, a couple of women to give us a ride ultimately to the tow lot uh, once we found out where the cars were all taken to. These women gave us a ride to the tow lot. We got there. There was a line of people all from the same exact spot. Apparently, right, this right. is pretty common. And we're starting to freak out because once we get there, not only are we going to have to pay cash, and they're talking about exact dollar figures, you know, $211 or whatever the weird number was. Not only are we going to have to pay cash, but we, we are not legally able to drive it <laughs> because we're not on uh, the policy at all, right. nothing. So we finally get to the line. We finally make the payment. Uh, and it's now going on 3, 3.15, whatever time it is. We get out to the car. We, we, they let us in. We go to retrieve the car, and it won't start. <laughs> it, it doesn't start because one of the new fancy uh triggers had been uh well one of the locks had been triggered and it, through the towing process it it uh activated some kind of locking mechanism oh. so now we're on the phone with uh, uh call center representatives i think i talked to someone from gmc or wherever the car was from it's all this craziness we finally get it. We have to, you know, you literally had to like honk the horn and shut the door and then wait 10 seconds and then open the door twice. And it was this obs just completely crazy thing to deactivate it. We finally then um, realized we're not going to be able to, to get it out of there. We It doesn't happen. The tow truck guy from the lot takes the car or takes us, I should say, me and Johnny, and drives us back to the hotel in his tow truck. So we have to pay for that while the car's still back at the lot. And as he's dropping us off out of the tow truck, I'm grabbing my golf bag. Johnny's got his, plus our two or three other friends' golf bags. And we're getting out in the parking lot at like 6.15 in the morning. We're walking into the hotel with all of our golf bags for everybody because the car was at the lot. Everyone's like, oh, good luck. Have a good round, you know, blah, blah, blah. Little did they know we were coming in from the previous night's outing and we have everyone's golf bag with us. And, and, you, uh, and you just turn around and head right out to the course. That's exactly what we did. And our friend, Kazi, who we're still friends with this to, the, to this day, was fuming. He's he's a pretty uh, conservative fella. He's a few years older than us, and he was not having any of it. He was not entertained. He was not amused. He was worried about the policy. He was worried about the rental car. He was worried about all of it. And uh, needless to say, we we got the bags back. We came back in, and uh, sure enough, we got rides out to the course. We had to pile into another car, and we went out and played. And I remember at one point laying down on a bench in the 100-degree heat and kind of taking 30- uh, or 60-second naps while we were at holdups uh, during a two-round day of golf at the World Championships. So Houston Worlds, a story that I'll never forget. That's uh, That was the Hurricane Hut. That That is a beautiful story. I suspect anybody over the age of 35 has had that experience where their car got towed and, <laughs> uh, and you have to pay the cash. Yeah. My my uh, my similar experience. I, you have to pay the cash, and then uh, you have to go for a. I, I had to go for a very long walk to an ATM that was about a half mile away. Um, not a very fun, not a funny, very fun experience at all. And uh, I did not have to play a round of disc golf that mattered the next day. So, yeah. uh, thank thank you for sharing that, Terry. That was a, a beautiful little story.
Well, thank yeah, no problem. And I originally, when I was thinking about any kind of story, I always think, well, do we need a teachable moment? And I guess every good story, there's there's a teachable moment buried somewhere. Uh, and now whether it's you know double check where you're parking or uh, you know have your own rental car or whatever it might be, don't go out you know during World's Week when it's only like Wednesday. I mean, any one of those could be uh, takeaways, but it was definitely a, a night I'll never forget. Well, I saw I saw a um, a, a post by Nate Heinold about the Ledgestone that said he had a, a one million dollar economic impact on on the cities and towns in the area. And I think <laughs> you it might be a couple hundred dollars more than a million. Yeah, exactly. It was, uh, we, and then we had to go back the next day and then it was goofy because we had to kind of lie to them about how the car got towed and what the problem was. And, and we couldn't admit to the rental car agency that an, an unauthorized you know, oh, right. drivers, underage drivers were even driving it in the first place. It was, it was uh, a little, a little shysty. And it just gets worse. Um, and the fun thing is that that was the abbreviated version. Yes, it yeah. was. Actually, um, there is a lot more to it. And I'll end by saying the end of the week, Saturday night, we all found ourselves back at the Hurricane Hut for a, uh, a very adventurous, but yet not as crazy night. Indeed. Um, so, Terry, I have a, uh, I'm going to close. Uh, I'll close with you with a trivia question because you, you love asking trivia questions and I'll close one with you. And, uh, and then I'll go through and answer the questions. And I'm looking through the comments in here. And I see one person commented that they were amazed that the tent would have a doorway. Sounds like a pretty amazing tent. That's a very clever comment. Well, it was very clever of you to point out that there'll be a tent. It'll have, it'll have a doorway so they can get in. <laughs> I was like, wow, you are stepping it up big time this year. We uh, last year we had a tent, but it was it you couldn't actually get in. But uh, so this year, yes, we are improving constantly here on the Pro Tour. When you so, do stuff like that, it makes me feel good that I'm not taking a pay increase this year because I see where the money is going to tents with doors, and that makes me feel good. Um, and thank you for pointing out. You're right. You're not not getting a pay increase. Uh, I think we agreed that it would be based on your performance, and we agreed it would probably not go up. <laughs> I make no promises about improvement ever. <laughs> okay, Terry. So our trivia question for you today, and uh, no guarantees. We might reuse this during the season as a as a uh, as a way to, for the listeners to win some prizes. But Terry, the the trivia question for you at the 2017. Disc Golf Pro Tour Tour Championship. Do you remember that? I, I vaguely, yep. Okay. Who was the lowest rated player? Uh, well, it, it's almost insulting to spit out a guess or a few of them. <laughs> um, you you didn't specify gender, so uh, oh, I, I'm sorry. I I should say MPO. Damn it! Um, That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Damn it! Okay, because I, I I think I was about to be right. Um, gosh, the lowest rated MPO. So it would have been someone that had to make it into the final. Uh, obviously, qualify to be there. And then I think about a few of the gentlemen that I I'll say I just don't know as well. 
Um, it, would you like a hint? Yeah, give me one hint. Uh, you know this person well. I know the person well. I have two more hints for you if you'd like to hear them. I, I mean, I I know them well. I know a male well that that made it into the finals. That well, attended I, the finals. I didn't. Yeah, I was going to say I didn't say they made it into the finals. Yeah, um, but I will tell you a second hint. They made it into the semifinals. I don't know if that helps you very much. I mean, uh, I guess I, I'd be curious to know what your definition of me knowing them well means. But um, I know his ratings climbed considerably. Mike Conley, I know he's like nine eighty six or nine ninety. Eight now, so I don't think he would have been much lower back then. So the Dana lowest, definitely wouldn't have been at. I will tell you the lowest rating at the Pro Tour Tour Championship was nine eighty seven. Oh wow! So that makes me think of like well, and I don't know him that well. I was going to say like a Reed for Skira, um, and I, I but I don't know him well. I will give you one more hint. I, yeah. Okay. If you want it, it yeah, seems, it feels like you need the third hint. Yep. He made it to the finals. Okay, so then it would be Dana. That's right. Huh. Dana White, Dana Vici. I'm I'm surprised he was rated just 987. I know he's he's dabbled in the it did you look then or look now? Because I know he's dabbled in that thousand category. I uh I looked I looked now. And okay, I so I bet you you are I would be willing to put down a wager that you're incorrect that he was not at the time. So I'm under the impression that uh, that the PDGA locks ratings when an event goes. That is a new feature that your rating is associated with you at the time of the event. Um, that's a new feature they added, what, a year or two ago? So wouldn't that mean that the ratings are accurate per, for when the event happened? What do you mean? So he was the lowest rated person at the event. Oh, okay. Really? Huh. All right. Well, then I guess you got me. That, that surprises me. Well, great. I, I love to – and your story about trying to rent a car when you're 23 or 4 surprises me. <laughs> Actually, it doesn't surprise me one bit. <laughs> well, I knew I couldn't rent one. The problem is we couldn't keep one legally parked. <laughs> <laughs> And, if, and I, in fact, was the uh, the actual driver of it too. Uh, I don't. All these years later, I'm not sure if that matters, but I, it was me that drove it there. But we were parked with everybody else. There was no reason not to park there. Right. Yeah. Right. Anyway, yeah, and, and you, I like that you cleared away the ivy so the next people wouldn't get to. Yes. Even though the next night, I'm sure that same racket went down in that same parking lot. Terry, do you want to help me run through the questions and help me close out the show? Sure. Let's do it. All right. So do men get tense? Do you know? Um, there will be other unisex tents out on the course. That's true. And there will be a scoring tent and a VIP tent. But there um, will not be a specific men's only tent. No. The, the way that I view this, in fact, is that the men get basically – all of the other tents um, 
90% of the people at the tournament are men. So if you go into any tent at any time, in, in all likelihood, nine out of 10 people in that tent will be men. So in my yeah. opinion, men kind of do get tents. But the answer, the, the real answer to that is no. All right. So moving on to the next. Um, <laughs> this is intense. Okay. I'm just waiting to ask Steve, what is the limit to getting the Pro Tour back to the awesome community in Minnesota? We need you back. Do you agree with that, Terry? Minnesota's awesome. Minnesota, I'm sandwiched between uh, two great states of Minnesota and Michigan, both amazing for disc golf, like Wisconsin. And Minnesota's got the community and the people and the courses and the atmosphere. It's got everything. It's, I, I'm, I think like you would probably say, Steve, it's a matter of a club or individual or organization uh, stepping up to be able to fulfill all of the uh, the hefty requirements that are being, that are part of being, uh, you know, the very um, exclusive pro tour. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it, uh, you, you basically nailed it. it. Minnesota, especially Minneapolis is a fantastic venue. Uh, they've got Blue Ribbon Pines there. Um, they've Vision got Quest. Vision Quest. Uh, what we need is someone that can commit to running it and making it happen. Um, I've, I've talked with Ray. I've talked with uh, Mike. I've talked with Kale. Um, everybody's interested in getting back there. We just need to put the right team in place. And absolutely, Minnesota, Minneapolis, uh, fantastic place. And uh, I'll go ahead and say that uh, my first trip to the Mall of America convinced me that the people of Minnesota – are potentially the single nicest people on the earth. Um, now I'll go ahead and say that when we went to Silver Lake, Silver Creek, Silver Lake, um, Silver Creek. There in Wisconsin, I think, and then down in Waco, those people also put up a battle. So maybe we'll have a battle for the nicest people in the U.S. But I, I guarantee you that the Pro Tour stops there. So. Uh, yeah, it. And just to take that one quick step further, a lot of people say, you know, when when either the PDGA releases a schedule. Anyone, when anytime a schedule is released, a lot of people kind of will groan or sigh and say, oh, why isn't there, you know, a pro tour stop here? Oh man, I really wish Worlds was, you know, on my side of the country. And I always kind of say the same thing. You need a debt, you know, this team, this dedicated team of volunteers that are going to work their, their tails off in order to put in a bid. Uh, you know, people, people, if you're, if you're a great, place and you have all the right tools you'll have a big event and a great um you know uh experience but somebody's got to step up and and be the front man or woman and uh, that's where it all starts uh i couldn't agree more 100 percent uh next question will the festival be set up all four days at vista um the answer is the festival will be set up it'll actually be set up maybe five days at vista um, the festival will run on uh, on Tuesday during check-in. I think it's 11 to 4 or 12 to 4, 12 to 5, something like that. Um, we have a spectator guide going up in the next couple of days. So that, that complete schedule should be on the spectator guide. And then we'll also have the festival executing on uh, Thursday and Friday. So Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday are the big nights for the festival. And it'll be the festival. We'll have some vendor partners there. And then we'll obviously be vending as well. Um so someone recommended holding the FaceTime up. So I just do a FaceTime with Terry. That would have been a really fun. That would have been a great way to get a split screen, wouldn't it, Terry? Yes. Again, your your technology is next level thinking usually. Or next, yeah. 
yeah, next next level. That's that's what it is. Uh, okay, so the next question. Whoops, um, where did I go? Sepia. Have you ever been playing disc golf and tried to say the word basket and say biscuit and suddenly really want a biscuit? I'll put that one to you, Terry. No, I don't like biscuits. Uh, and I'll I'll agree. I've I do like biscuits, but I've never actually done that. But isn't one of your sayings, which I've caught myself repeating, I think twice in my life, with the biscuit in the basket? Uh, no, that's no. My saying is uh, he beat him. He beat him like a rented mule. Is is my saying? You've never said put the biscuit in the basket. I, I'm not even going to say it. I'm not even going to say it now. So huh. so I'm able to say yes. Okay. Well. Yeah. Yes, I've never. As far as I know, I mean. I, I all right. Well, then I, I I fully plagiarized someone else. I think I've used the the phrase twice, and both times I think I was quoting you, or so I thought. <laughs> no, I think I'm straight as a string, birdie, and uh, and beat him like a rented mule. Huh, okay, I'm probably the only person that says birdie. I think I I invented that term. Uh, yeah. So, uh, is this show podcast going to be a recurring throughout the year, Troy? Not only is it going to be recurring throughout the year every Wednesday, uh, every Wednesday at eight o'clock, just like Smashbox is on, whenever they're on. Uh, we're going to be on every Wednesday at eight o'clock. And then the goal is to release this the next day or sometime in the next few days as a podcast. So yeah, that's the goal. Um, and a couple people guessed Dana, uh, Terry's struggling. Steve is right. Those are, I mean, we should just do a copy paste on that. Yeah. I mean, really that if that's not 2018, you know, a precursor right there, Terry's struggling. Steve is right. I mean, come on. MVP open. I'm not paying a buck. <laughs> there you go. Good call. Um, will you disc have notifications for the fans when a player finishes a hole? I don't anticipate notifications happening, but I know that if you're watching the app, you can actually see them as they traverse the hole. At least the, the top three cards will be that way. Um, will we ever see a Pro Tour event in Milwaukee, Wisconsin? Same answer as previously. Um, and do, 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 do. Uh, Steven, you're just going to have to keep check. Just keep checking the app. Uh, first of all, why wouldn't you just have the app open all day long alongside the live, live broadcast? I think that's what Terry would recommend. Is that true, Terry? Yeah. Sounds like a plan. Uh, and then what are your thoughts of having the finals at Vista instead of fountain? Do you want to give a, uh, give a two sentence reply to that, Terry? I'm glad to be there covering the event. I personally like the idea of the finals at Fountain. However, I also completely understand their logic for having it at Vista. So that's what I say. I'll concur entirely. Fountain is an amazing venue, especially with those paths and all the people that come out to it. Uh, Keith believes he's going to get a, a, a bigger crowd at Vista watching the finals. If that happens, 100% agree with the uh, change. And if it doesn't happen, I, I totally understand the change because Vista is kind of the central location and it's there's just a lot a lot easier logistics having the finals there. So I'm on board with the change. Um, those guys, they, they see what happens and they make adjustments. Um, maybe someday I can learn that lesson. Uh, Tyler wants to know if we can, if we ever consider having a, a sister C or B tier to coincide with 
pro tour events? The answer is absolutely yes. Probably about half of our events have concurrent amateur events and the other half, uh, most of the other ones have, uh, have am events the week before that play on the same courses. So it would be difficult to have a concurrent am event playing on the same course. Um, I'll follow that up real quickly and say, I, I've heard the request and it kind of mimics that idea. Would you say for someone who's interested in, in having a pro tour, let's say they think they have the team, they have the resources, they have the people, uh, what's a good way to get your attention? Would you like to have see them run a really large successful event, you know, one year and then by that next year, make sure that, uh, you know, to, to point it out to you or what, what would be someone's steps if they were trying to earn their way onto the pro tour? Oh, uh, so and actually, I'm in contact. I'm in uh, conversations with about three or four different events right now to who, who want to be on the Pro Tour. It starts with an email uh, or a text to me that says, hey, I've got a course. I want to run an event or I've got a course. I know someone that wants to, wants to run an event. And then we begin a conversation. Usually it's about a 10 to 20 minute initial phone call where I ask you, um, do you have parking? Do you have good cell signal? Um, is this really a championship caliber course? Um, who is the staff that's going to be running it? What events have they run? And we just run through, oh, and is the course private? Is it public? Is it well-supported? Um, how big are your clubs in the area that want to, to help put this on? Just, we run through a gamut of questions and then I send, presuming you answer those well, I'll send you a, a link that says here, fill, fill out this form. And it has check boxes basically on all of the different things that we look for. And, uh, and then the conversation begins. So. And actually in 2018, I'm hoping that we will have two or three test events throughout the season. If those go well, they will be considered for becoming a part of the Pro Tour in 2019. That's that's how we do it. So, um, and then I, we just got a couple more quick quick questions here. Uh, oh, Larry Puckett complains that UDisc and the live stream don't quite match up. So he doesn't wanna watch them concurrently. Hmm. I uh, I can understand that, and I wonder. It feels like we talked about that before, uh, and I thought that they were putting a delay in U disc well, so it would match. Hmm. Yeah, there. Hmm, that that's a good question. I'm wondering. I know there's a built-in delay uh, because everyone is seeing the live feed 15 to 20 seconds after, so U disc also builds in a little bit of of a delay. So it matches up with our feed correctly, but if somebody's exclusively watching, yeah, I, hmm. yeah, so I can see how that might still be off. Yeah, it would it it would be a little off, even if they built in the delay. And uh, and actually, Gary to the O is commenting that uh, that U disk is instant, while the while the live feed is delayed. So correct. Um, we'll have to. I, I don't know the answer to that then, but it's a, it's a, a good conversation. We have, we have weekly conversations or I have weekly conversations with you guys. I can bring that up, but I don't think there's any real way to, to sync it perfectly. Cause it's, things are uh, a little bit nebulous in that 15 to 20 second range. And then uh, last question of the day, will you be advertising in San Francisco prior to the event to draw outside spectators? Um, Sean Jack is running that event and yes, absolutely. He is going to be pumping it and, getting spectators to come out. Uh, that is that is one of the goals. He, he as, as the VP of sales for the Pro Tour, he gets what it is that we're building and understands this is, 
what we need is spectators. So absolutely, he'll be pushing that. And uh, Carver, if you live in the area, uh, reach out to Sean and ask him if you can help help promote the event, 100%. So uh, with that, Terry, I'm going to say thank you very much and uh, peace out. All right. See you guys. Thanks for having me and uh, good luck with everything else. We'll see you in a couple of weeks, buddy. <laughs> yes, we will. Thank you, Terry. And thank you all for watching. This has been Pro Tour Talk on Valentine's Day 2018. Our very first broadcast. We'll do this weekly at 8 o'clock. Stay tuned and uh, watch Smashbox next week and get ready for us the following day. Good night.